Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You could also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. Well, good morning. Hey, my name is Corey Chatham. I'm the kids pastor here at Quad City, and I have the privilege of working with kids and families as we help parents become the primary spiritual leader in their child's life. And I love to do what I get to do. Now, if you are joining us online, just want to say welcome. Glad that you guys are participating. We do want to meet you in person at some time soon. And if you're out in Prescott Valley, if you're here in the room at Prescott, we want to say welcome. Thank you for being here today to start your week off in worship of our Lord and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I do hope that everyone had a great Christmas, just a a great uh, time celebrating with friends and family. But I don't know if you guys realize this. You've probably heard it a time or two since you've woken up today, but today is the last day of the year, right? Last day of 2023. And to me, that's crazy because it feels like we just started the year off like two or three weeks ago, right? Anyone else there where you're like, we just started this thing, we're already finishing it? Like, that's how I feel. But here we are, wrapping up a new year, getting ready to launch into a brand new one. And with every new year comes a new year's resolution, right? Like many of us, whether we've done it in the past or we've done it, you know, with the last few weeks, we go into a new year with this mindset of wanting to do something better. This desire to do something greater, to start something new, to break an old habit, to learn a new skill, whatever it may be. And I could stand here today and I could go through all of the numbers, all of the stats that show how many gym memberships are purchased, how many diet plans are started, Then I could take some time to go through the numbers and the stats that show how many of those memberships and plans just stop being used, get canceled. Just keep racking up money in the bank account, not being used. Because resolutions, they just rarely work, right? And I know that because growing up, I had a certain family member in my household that I may or may not have called mom. And she would start off the new year with a new diet. Now, she didn't need that, but she thought that she would need to start the new year with a new diet. And so we'd all go into this new year knowing, well, this certain family member has started a new diet. And a few weeks in, it was as if it never happened, okay? And then a few days, a few weeks after that, 
we'd be told, hey, Monday's coming. I'll start it on Monday. No, 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 no. I got to wait until it's a new month that starts on Monday, right? But jokes on all of us who have that mentality. Because let me ask you this. Like how many of you guys have had a season in life where you do want to set out to do something, say a new diet and Thanksgiving rolls around? And you're like, you know what? I will hold off on that diet until Thanksgiving's over and then I'll start it. But then after Thanksgiving, you open up the fridge and you see that it is filled with leftovers. So you're like, actually, I'll wait till the leftovers are done, then I'll start it, right? Like we've all, we've all experienced something like that, but tomorrow is a Monday. It is a new year, it is a new month, and it is a new week. So none of us have an excuse. But I also know that resolutions don't stick because last year, my wife and I thought that it would be a great idea to buy a Peloton bike. And this bike wasn't for her. She is already super active. This was just one more thing that she got to do in and amongst what she already did. But I was like, a Peloton bike? Yeah, I'll ride a Peloton bike, 100%. Let's buy a Peloton bike. And guess what? I rode it for two weeks. <laughs> two and then I watched my children, my 10-year-old and my 7-year-old, ride that Peloton more than I did over this last year. It was great. It was great. I set out in a new year with this ambition, this desire to get fit, to get healthy, to get rid of my little COVID belly that hasn't gone away since 2020. And I threw the towel in almost as quickly as I started it. Right, that, that new year, new me mentality quickly changed to new year, same me, same me. Because, right, like when we make New Year's resolutions, we make them because we see something undesirable in ourselves, right? Something that we're like, I don't like that and I want it to be different. And so we set out to change it. We set out with a passion to make things better. But for so many of us, we just give up on them, Right? And when it comes to these resolutions, when it comes to another year where we could start out in another year with more resolutions, I just have to ask some questions. Questions like, is there something more? Is there something better? Is there something that can help us to be greater disciples of Jesus that, that's going to help do more in our life than a diet plan, a gym membership, or learning a new language? Is there something more important, more valuable, more impactful that I can do, that we can do with our 2024 than just a typical resolution? So today, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them on or turn them to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we'll be spending most of our time today. And while you're finding your way there, whether you're in Prescott Valley or here at Prescott if you were to take a look around the room, you would recognize that you are surrounded by a lot of people who've already put their trust in Jesus, right? There's, you are surrounded by people who have leaned into that and tried to live their life out in that way the best that they can, which is probably good since you're at church, right? That's probably a good thing to see. But hey, if you fall outside of that category today, if you were dragged here by grandma if, if you're just here in town visiting family, you're like, hey, this is what we do. You're coming with us. Maybe you showed up for Christmas and you're here because you're just trying to figure this faith thing out. Like, that's okay. That's good. And this sermon may not feel like it's for you. It may feel like it's more for the person who's already put their faith in Jesus. And that's true. But man, there's so much in this message today that's for everybody. So let me set some context for 2 Corinthians. 
In this section of 2 Corinthians leading up to chapter 5, we see Paul writing to the believers in Corinth, and he's writing in a way that reminds them over and over the importance of living godly lives here and now. We read that, that Paul He actually has this tension of of this desire to be with Jesus and be done doing what he's doing here on earth. Because it'd be far easier to be with Jesus than continue all of the hardship that he's experienced. But he also knows that he has a role to play, a job to do. He's got a task before him. How many of us, how many of us have entered in, walked through a really difficult, and I mean like a really difficult season of life where we're just like, man, Jesus, come back let's just end this thing. Like, I just want to be with you because man, that would be so much easier than having to to just continue to try to live out my faith in all of its difficulty and all of its hardship if I could just be with you. And so Paul sets the tone of what he's about to say with this reminder of great perseverance in our faith here and now. So let's pick it up in chapter five at verse nine. It says, so we make it our goal to please him whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And here, Paul's primarily speaking to the believer. He says that because we follow Jesus, because we follow Jesus, we put our trust in him, we want to be his disciple, then we make it our goal to please him. No matter what, we make it our goal to please him here in the body or in heaven. But his message is also for everybody because he quickly reminds us, believer or not, he reminds us that we all, that's all of us, that's everyone, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that we may receive what is due us for the things done well in the body, good or bad. We all will. So take a moment and look back on your 2023. Heck, even look back on on your whole life that you've built up to this point and think through it a little bit. If Jesus were to show up today and he walks in, he's like, hey guys, I'm back. I'm here. Judgment seat's here. I'm about to sit in it, start lining up. How would you measure up? How would you measure up? What would be do you? The reality is many of us would probably be able to answer pretty positively, right? Like we'd have some confidence going into that. And many of us would probably answer a little bit more negatively with some pain and some hurt in our voice because we just know, I haven't measured up. Paul reminds us in the book of Romans, chapter three, verse 23, he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Of God. Some of you might be thinking, whew, we are getting pretty deep pretty fast this morning, but there's hope. There's hope. Yes, Paul says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but he doesn't end it there. Paul continues and he says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So if you put your trust in Jesus, you get to experience this. You get to experience being justified freely. But what do these verses really matter today, right? Like I have hope. I put my trust in Jesus. I 
I know that even though I have sinned and I know I fall short of the glory of God, I've got hope because I'm justified freely. So, so I just need to go live it out, right? I just need to go do the thing. And, and yeah, but we cannot forget. Get that we are in a spiritual battle. Paul makes it clear in his writings that we, we're not in a battle against flesh and blood. We're not in a battle against each other, against other humans. We are in a spiritual battle against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's why Paul says, we make it our goal to please him. We make it our goal to please him. Because we know we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ at some point. But then in verse 11, he says, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. We know what it is to fear the Lord. Why? Because we know that one day we will stand before Jesus. One day we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But we know what it is to fear the the Lord, and so we make it our goal to please him. And then Paul says, since we know what it is to fear the Lord, since we know We try to persuade others. We try to lead others to Jesus, right? But but really, today, are you doing this? Do you live your life as if you fear the Lord? Do you live your life with the goal of pleasing him? Do you live your life with the goal of persuading others towards him? These are real questions to, to ponder today. But man, Paul, he was so close, so close to the actual context of Jesus here on earth. We we remember that he had this incredible experience where Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, where Jesus changed him forever. And when the world used to look at this man as, as someone who terrorized and caused those to be terrified, anybody who put their faith in Jesus, they now saw a guy who was sold out on helping others come to know Jesus. And this wasn't just a New Year's resolution, right? Like Paul wasn't just like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna set out this year to just love Jesus better. No. This was a drastic, life-altering, 180-degree turn from everything he once knew and did, all because of his experience of, of Jesus's love in his life. And he tells the Corinthians, and he tells us today, that because of this, because of what we've experienced in God, we try to persuade others to the same thing. We tell others the good news of Jesus in in hopes that they might experience the goodness, the love, the hope that we've experienced in Christ. But you might be asking, like, what's this have to do with New Year's resolutions? What's this have to do with New Year, New Me mentality? And Paul focuses in on this in verse 14. He says, for Christ's love compels us. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. He says, Christ's love compels us. But compels us to what? Christ's love compels us, or at least it should compel us to 
persuade others towards Jesus. Why? Because we believe that Jesus died for all. And those who accept that, they no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And those who believe in Jesus and those who follow Jesus should now be compelled by his love to lead others to the same truth, to to the redemption that we can only find in Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. And then Paul says this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. I don't know about you, but that is encouraging If anybody is in Christ, if anybody has chosen to follow Jesus and are living in him, through him, they are new creations. We don't have to live in that old way anymore. We don't have to live that old life of ours that we're ashamed. We don't have to do that because we are new creations in Christ. And then he says, all this is from God. Everything that I've said this, it's all from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Did you hear that? God, for those who have put their trust in him, God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And Webster's defines this this idea of, of reconcile as to restore to friendship or harmony. And the Greek has pretty much the same meaning, but specifically when it comes to redeeming, redeeming a sinner and bringing them back to good standing with the Lord. Paul's telling us that he's brought us back. He's brought us back into a right and good relationship with him through Jesus. Paul says in Romans 5, he says, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has reconciled us back to himself through Jesus. And because we have been justified through our faith in Jesus, we are now at peace with God. But don't miss this today. Don't miss what Paul's saying here. He's saying that because of the reconciliation we've received, right? Those who have put their faith in Jesus, they've been reconciled, now have been given the ministry or the message of reconciliation. Meaning we're called to share the good news so that God might do the same thing in others. The the ministry of reconciliation is a partnering work in what God is already doing through Jesus. Those who have been reconciled back to God through Jesus get to now partner with God to help others be reconciled back to him through Jesus. And the crazy part of this text, the crazy, crazy part to me is that just before this verse, Paul says, As God is reconciling the world back to himself, he did not count their sins against them. And I'm like, whoa, I know me. I know the life I've lived. I can assume that about you all, right? And Paul's saying that he didn't count our sins, their sins against them. I'm like, what? But no, Paul's like, no, not through Jesus, 
Because of Jesus, no, he does not count our sins against us. God gave Jesus, who is sinless, to be sin for us, to take our sin on himself so that we might be reconciled back to God to become the righteousness of God. See, God sent Jesus that we might have a chance to be made right in the eyes of God, just like he intended from the beginning. And this is an incredible truth in and of itself, a truth that should compel us, that should, that should overflow within us gratitude, joy, hope, so much so that it compels us to share the good news with others because we're so excited to get that out of us and into somebody else. However, I do need to make a point, a point of what Paul is not telling us. What Paul's not telling us is that this is our job, that reconciliation is our job. See, reconciliation is the job of the spirit through the power of Jesus. What Paul is saying is that our job is the message of reconciliation. Our job is to persuade others. Our job is to tell others. Our job is to share the love of Jesus by sharing his good news with those who need to hear it. And then to allow the spirit to do his job of reconciling the person back to God because of what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. But we do this. We live out this message of reconciliation because we are Christ's ambassadors. Paul says we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And there was a point in history where Jesus, he walked earth. He walked with his people. He was able to share his own message of love, hope, and redemption. But just like Paul, we are now tasked as believers to share that message, to be the conduit in which that message is proclaimed so that the Holy Spirit can continue his role, his job of bringing believers back into reconciliation through Christ. Now, an ambassador, simply put, an ambassador is an official representative of somebody else in their absence, right? Like we are called ambassadors of Christ in his absence. We represent him because he's not on earth anymore. We are his spokespeople, proclaiming the good and redemptive news of Jesus to those who need to hear it because God is making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through us. It's not our job to do the reconciliation, but it is our job to be the ambassador, bringing the good news to those who need it, that God would reconcile them just as he did us. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is where it gets difficult. Because for me, it's really easy to live in the fact that, yes, God loves me. I put my faith in him. I can go live my life. Like that part's easy. But then all of a sudden we got this Paul guy saying, oh, wait, you actually have to go do something with that. Like, you can't stop there. You actually have to take this and go do something. I'm like, wait, wait, you want me to do work? Like, you want me to go do hard work? And Paul's like, yeah, yeah, I do want that. But the reality is, is that this message that Paul's saying is not his own message. He is just reiterating what Jesus has already taught, right? Matthew 28 Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Paul is teaching us what Jesus already taught us. He's just reiterating it. This is why here at Quad City, our mission 
Our mission statement is to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. Make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always, right? Like it's right here. This is the Great Commission, and we've just taken that and put it in a bite-sized sentence. And there is a point for all of us who believe in Jesus that we were considered the more, right? We had one person, maybe a few people in our life that, that followed Jesus, that, that were reconciled to Jesus, that were so passionate about their walk with Jesus that they wanted us to hear about it as well. And they shared the love of Jesus in a way that persuaded us to follow as well. And so we were the more and then we became the better, right? Hopefully at some point when we, we too put our trust in Jesus, we started to try to be a better disciple of Jesus. Maybe we read our Bibles on our own or gathered around with other believers and, and we became better. See, if we are living out our mission statement, which is really just Jesus's commission of his disciples, then we are living out this idea to make more and better disciples. And because of this reconciliation that we find through Jesus, we have been tasked with sharing the good news. It's good news of reconciliation in hopes that others would be reconciled as well. But why such an emphasis on this? Why such urgency? Each and every one of all of us here today, including myself, we have family, friends, children, parents, neighbors, coworkers that we know have not put their faith in Jesus, have not been reconciled back to God. We all have somebody that needs to hear the good news of Jesus, even if it means them hearing it again. It is urgent. It is urgent. And so this year, let's focus on that. Let's focus on becoming better disciples in ourselves so that we can help others become better disciples. And let's do so by focusing on this ministry, this message of reconciliation by being Christ's ambassadors. And you might be thinking like, why? Why? Because when we do that, it changes it for others. As a parent, you can lean into your relationship with your child and raise them to know, love, and follow Jesus. As a man, you can lead, lead other men. As a, as a woman, you can lead other women to deepen their faith in Jesus. As somebody's friend, you can remind them the good news of Jesus and help point them back to him. As a sibling, as hard as siblings can be sometimes, you can have hard but good conversations with a brother or sister and help them see the hope that they can find in Jesus. You can even share God's love with your own parents so that they too can be reconciled back to him. And generally speaking, as a follower of Jesus, you can live out your faith in Jesus just by sharing the good news of him with those who need to hear it. When we do these things, when we actually live this out well, we can help those who are living in the bondage of sin find freedom in the Savior. We can help share the good news with those living in hopelessness and despair. We can even help legacies change. 
right? Like we can share the, the good news of Jesus with a parent in a way that, that helps persuade them to put their trust in Jesus. And then they choose to do the same thing for their kids, raising them to know, love, and follow Jesus that one day they would grow up and get married and have their own kids and do the same. And it would continue on and on and on. And just because of our willingness to share, they may be reconciled back to God and a legacy changed. But we can also change legacies upward. As a kid's pastor and with my time in student ministry, I have seen countless, countless kids, children come to know Jesus, come to put their trust in Jesus and take that faith home and start living it out. And parents look at them and they're like, I don't know who you are. You are not my child. What have you done with my kid? You're different. Why? And they're like, because of Jesus. And parents start to tune into that. And they start to see the reason that their child has changed. And their their child starts to share their faith with their own parents in a way that their parents come to faith. And legacies are changed. And you might be sitting here today thinking like, yeah, like I already do this. I do these things. I serve. I'm in small group. Like I do the things. I tell people about Jesus and that's great. Keep doing it. But for most of us, we need to lean in and make a reality out of this. And you might be thinking, man, how do I even start this? What do I even do to get this going? Here's a few examples. You can start by joining a serve team here at Quad City. Whether that's Sunday or midweek, you can join a serve team. You can share the good news of Jesus with kids, with students, with people within our community. You can join or lead a life group or a discipleship group and help to deepen others' faith and even deepen your own. I mean, you can start by just having simple conversations with the people in your life about what they know and understand or don't about Jesus. If you have kids, you can start your days off by sharing in a devotional with them around the dinner table before bedtime sharing the love of Jesus with them. You can even start by just being willing, just being willing to sit in the brokenness, the hurt, the pain, the difficulty that somebody else might be walking and be willing to listen to them and love them through it and eventually share the hope of Jesus with them. There are plenty of ways that we can go about this, but what we need to remember today If we've put our trust in Jesus, we have been made new creations in him. Jesus has already done the work to reconcile us back to God. But now, now we have been given this ministry, this message of reconciliation because of the love of Jesus. So for those of you here today who have not yet put your trust in Jesus, not yet experienced the reconciliation we find in him, my hope and my prayer today is is that today's the day that you decide to do just that. That you would not go into 2024 with, that you would go into 2024 with a new year, new me mentality, right? Not because you decide to join a gym, get swole, get pumped. Not because you decide to start a diet. Not because you decide to buy a Peloton bike. But because you decide to put your trust in Jesus, that you decide to allow him to transform you from the inside out and you allow him to reconcile you back to God through the power of the spirit. For those of you who are already living your life in Jesus, for those of you who've already made that commitment, you want a new year, new me? 
He's already done that for you. He's already made you a new creation. So, so what if we set out tomorrow? What if we set out leaving these doors today? Instead of having a new year, new me mentality, we have a new year, new everyone else mentality. And we truly live in a way that we live out this ministry, this message of reconciliation, right? Because God who reconciled us to himself through Christ has given us this message of reconciliation. We're not called to sit on the salvation that we receive. We're not called to keep that to ourselves. We are called to take that message of hope and good news to anyone and everyone who needs to hear it. Each and every one of us have somebody that we can picture in our minds that has not yet been reconciled, that has not yet put their faith in Jesus. We might even have multiple people that we can think of. And here at Quad City, we call these our one, our one that we are praying for, that we are thinking of, that we are trying to have conversation with to just live in the urgency of this message of reconciliation. So as you go into the new year, remember what it is to fear the Lord. Remember that we will at some point sit before his judgment seat. But because of his love, because of the love of Jesus, let it be your goal to persuade others towards the same reconciliation that you yourself have experienced. Let this year be far less about you and far more about everyone else coming to know the love of Jesus. So who is it? Who is the one in your life that you need to have a conversation with? Who is the one in your life that you need to share the good news with? Who is the one in your life that you need to step up and be an ambassador of Christ and help them have the opportunity to be reconciled back to God? Because again, tomorrow's Monday. Start of a new year, start of a new month, start of a new week. We have no excuses not to dive headfirst into 2024 and make something great out of it. But the key is that we lean in and we practice this message of reconciliation. So start here. Start here and see how God uses you to impact those around you as you help them experience the same love, hope, and reconciliation that you've already experienced. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for who you are. We are grateful that you sent your son for us, that all we have to do is put our trust in you and we experience your love and your grace, your reconciliation. Lord, because of your love, compel us to do this for others, to share this good news of you with others, that they might experience the work of your spirit through your son, Jesus, as he reconciles them back to you. God, we're grateful for today. We're grateful for your love. And we just pray for an incredible start to a new year as we live this out in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. 
Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.